Hello and welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. Uh, this week I'm joined by Travers and Barber. Hello. And uh, I'll hand things over to, to Rich for the hot topic. Travers. Okay. So this week's hot topic, as regular listeners will know, we've talked about various beer competitions, beer events that seem to be going on a bit wacky and a bit wild. So we're going to be we're going to be visiting something called the Beer Mile Classic, which is a mile race up in Scotland, uh, which every 400 metres you have to down a bottle of beer over 5%. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, a recipe for success. <laughs> that sounds like it gets started a lot. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it gets finished a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what, what, what I really like is the organisers of these events have some, some high ambitions for where they're going to be holding this event. And they've said in a European um, standard, like Olympic venue sort of thing, for... For, 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 for running, they would like to hold the Beer Mile Classic. I mean, it would be very true to its form to go back to old, uh, you know, Olympic times, go back to in front of the Parthenon, the very first Olympics, you know, because we all know the very first Olympians were pissed the whole time <laughs> on wine and whatever whilst running around doing their jav- javelins whilst they were all naked because, of course, they, they did their sports <laughs> naked back then. So Super maybe the, Scot- the, the Scottish company are trying to bring that all the way back. I beg your pardon. You did say, you did say it's a mile, right? So for every 400 <laughs> yeah, metres. So that's, that's only four, right? Because it's going to be 1,600 metres, roughly? Yeah. So, but but. Re, 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 but reading into it, apparently it's very, very hard to keep because you're downing the beer as quick as you can to then continue the race to win to win the beer mile classic. Now, as a point of like, just for clarity, people are stood at least stood still whilst they're downing these beers. They're not expected to down them while sprinting, right? No, no. So you have to you have to down your beer, and yeah. then if you leave um, one third of the beer that like any foam or anything like that one third of it you're instantly disqualified so you I have to this. down the whole thing and then sprint off now this is an event that's been created by people in the pub isn't it like this oh, is what 100%. this sounds of i'll tell you what we can do like let's do a run but we'll get hammered on the way we'll do <laughs> how hammered do you think how hammered do you think we should get oh like proper hammered you know <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to run unless you've downed it. <laughs> but but what I really enjoyed because they weren't able to do the event last year due to COVID and everything like that. They did their own virtual one. So so what? So they did a virtual one. So they had people running a mile, and every four hundred meters, they were downing a beer on this mile and there's just loads of videos of people running and then throwing up because they're trying to down these beers whilst running <laughs> which I find even funnier <laughs> yeah I, I mean if I'm quite honest this doesn't sound like be- drink responsibly has got UK has got involved <laughs> or you know <laughs> this doesn't sound like a, an officially sanctioned you know from the brewing industry event if you are doing it virtually you surely you've got to go and get on a treadmill in you know your isolation workstation uh, and I was it crossed over in my mind a little bit with have you ever watched virtual horse racing from Japan I mean that's a hoot <laughs> but yeah <laughs> if it was also that like, you not, can com- somehow combine the two I think that would be quite entertaining I'm not gonna lie I would love to see this event in the Olympics people who have trained 
all years and years and years for their chance to be in the Beer Mile Classic. I think it would be a winner. It would attract a different audience to the Olympics. I think, if I'm quite honest, I like this as like its own fringe thing that's nothing to do with any proper governing body. Because let's face it, it's never going to get an official sanction. And I quite like that, that it's some sort of fringe thing, like cult classic that kind of follows, that, that you know, gets this reputation, this cult following, rather than an officially sanctioned, like you've got, you know, all these different countries like Andorra getting involved. Yeah, you can imagine the representative from the sport turning up to the IOC, is it IOC, the International Olympic Committee? There all there in their suits and ties done up to 11 and planning the next olympics and <laughs> the representative from the beer mile classic turns up <laughs> it's like here's what i need here's what i need from you guys for the next olympics yeah don't worry about um any of the normal stuff i don't want any of my medal my anyone winning the gold medal getting a little bunch of flowers at the end i want another beer that's all i need <laughs> yeah you get a six-pack. <laughs> you can get a six-pack for the winner. Uh, it does raise a question, like, how many people do they get at these events? Well, I, I, there, there's not official numbers that I can see that have been given, but from what I can tell, there, there is a fair few beers placed on tables all, all the way around, and it looks like there's about 30, 40 beers on about five different tables. So it looks like there's a fair, a fair amount of people doing it. What do you think, a couple of hundred people or less than, yeah. maybe like a hundred people or something? Well, I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to suggest we should possibly do a live show from there because that could, that could be a really interesting road trip. I also, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit like this. It's a weird, really weirdly, stupidly arrogant thing. Whenever I'm watching something like, you know, Ninja Warrior or like Total Wipeout, I always look at those things and I go, yeah, I could like smash that. I'd, I'd absolutely dominate it. I'd do it really <laughs> easily and I'd set the best time. I don't think, I think I know I'm wrong when I say that. And I've listened to the description of this and gone, yeah, I'll probably, probably yeah, win that. that. Yeah. Um, however, maybe we should enter as a relay. And we do the four of us that way. We we do a four hundred meter leg each. Yeah, just about do a bottom yeah. each. Although in saying that, uh, Sumo is very fast. Actually, he's uh, his. Although his distance was two hundred meters, I think it was. Uh, but I think he could smash a four hundred. Um, but it does make it's it's got it's got me very reminiscent, very uh, strong vibes of the Medoc Marathon in France, oh, yeah. in the Medoc region in France. And this is a marathon which takes place uh, through the Medoc region, the, the wine region uh, of France, and you basically run from vineyard to vineyard and stop and have wine and cheese that's, when you get to a vineyard. And, uh, yeah, that's, there's no trip to Bordeaux would quite be complete without having a bash at that. Although it's, it's every August, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and it's very, it's, it honestly, I've been trying to get tickets uh, a couple of years before COVID hit. Uh, so it might even be worse now, but it was very hard to get tickets. You had to be right on the dot. Uh, as soon as the first release of tickets came out, like get you get in there. Uh, yeah, you've got to be ready to go. Pull the trigger, basically. I mean, like running a marathon's hard enough <laughs> and eating loads of wine and cheese can be quite hard. Like if you're really going for it. And combining the two with wine and then curdling cheese and wine whilst running a marathon, I, I can't think of anything worse, personally. It sounds like you're describing an ultra-marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just stick to the wine and cheese, mate. I reckon that'd be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably stick I mean, to that, that bit. But then technically that is training, though, right? You know, if you're just having the wine and cheese at home, that is training for this Medoc marathon. Hours and hours of training, yeah. <laughs> Similar to how we we train for this, uh, you know, the beer beer uh, mile classic. You know, we're we're training for it. That's it. 
Okay. So, so I'm currently, I've got someone who's running in the London Marathon this year. So I'm going to go up and support them because I'm a really, really nice guy. Um, but I've decided whilst they're running the marathon, I'm going to do a similar sort of thing, but with pubs all the way along the route. <laughs> so, do it. <laughs> I mean, you might have to start off a few days in advance. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's kick off. Uh, let's kick off all things cause pursuit of happiness. Yeah, happiness, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said in the intro, uh, cause is owned by none other than Molson Cause. Classic. So as we've touched on before, uh, Molson Cause is the American Canadian behemoth. Um, that's the second largest beer company in the world. Although they have recently changed their name and their kind of public listing to be Molson Coors Brewing, uh, so beverage company. So they're like kind of opening up their, uh, you know, their kind of remit outside of just beer. Um, but, uh, who's got to, wants to kick us off with a bit of a fact, a factoid about, uh, about these guys? So, well, okay, well, to start off then, the first fact, because there, are, surprisingly, within research, there's a hell of a lot of facts about Coors Brewing. So I think we're going to throw some at you throughout the thing. But first one, it's nearly 150 years old and it was started by a German brewer. Danke schön. Now, what was this German brewer's name? So the German brewer's name was, I'm not going to lie, it's not aged well, the name, Adolf Coors. (laughs) Now that is a name you don't hear very often anymore. Uh, I thought you were going to say Coors Schwarzenegger. Oh, sorry, he was Austrian. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Adolf Kors, the German brewer, who started up. Yeah, wasn't there also, uh, I think he might have been like a business partner, wasn't there a, a Schuler? Yeah, there was, a, there was a business partner who threw in $18,000 at the start of it all to get the brewery up and running. In 1870s, um, that's that's a lot of cash, actually, isn't it? That is, yeah, that that's, a, that's few, a hell of a lot of cash. That's quite a few dineros. But have you noticed, I've, since doing this, a lot of American breweries seem to start with a German brewer. Yeah. Yeah. There's been, there's, there's been a few that have the, the influence of the German brewing system, which is a solid brewing system, has definitely, definitely infiltrated America. Definitely carry on with that in a second. But just to confirm that $18,000 in, uh, in today's money back in 1870 is the, in today's money is 383000 Dollars. Oh, that's wow. more than I make in a year. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, that's 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 a large sum of money to start to start something off to get some capital going. So he has some serious serious financial backing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this German Adolf Kors starting in Colorado of all places. Now, what can people tell me, or what do you guys think of when you think of Colorado? Mountains. South Park. Mountains. South Park. <laughs> South yeah. Park. Located in the mountains. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, yeah, so it's not, not too surprising. Cause as a, as a, as a kind of a, a brand backing is all based around the Rockies, which is the mountain range in the Colorado. Oh, what was that really good big word? About the, about the label. And it's the, la- and it, they changed the mountains, change color on the label, not in real life. Yeah, well, well, well they go go for it. What do you think? They change colour. No, uh, 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 oh, trans temperature coloratioids. <laughs> we 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 talked about this, didn't we? There there was another we beer did. that does it as well, and I can't remember what the other beer is. Yeah, I told you guys about this one. Uh, homo, no, 
No, because it wouldn't be homo, but it would be we really nerd it out. Chromatic. Photochromatic. There you go. <laughs> you the first two syllables. I'm home and dry. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, if you go and find cores uh, in on the shop front, you know this is uh, you know outside of a fridge, you'll see this fantastic you know image of of the mountains, very detailed images of the mountains. However, if you get it out of the fridge, what color are those mountains? I think it might be blue. Blue? I think it's blue. They are blue. You're absolutely spot on. So they use photochromatic ink within the the can design itself so that when it's cold, because this is their whole proposition is like, you know, it's as cold as the Rockies, uh, reinforcing the fact that you need to drink this beer cold, um, the the mountains themselves will turn blue. So, yeah, literally showing you when it's good to drink. Whammy. Never. (laughs) <laughs> ooh, ooh, <laughs> burn shots fired <laughs> what's, your, what's your beef with calls Rich we'll, we'll come back to the taste later it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe we want to kind of jump into um, a bit more of the history then we touched on that did I hear that something to do with that they did alright even despite you know a period of prohibition sort of in the middle well, of that 150 year, year lifespan yeah but the, the founder didn't do didn't come out the other side quite like the beer. No, no. I was going to say, well, like during like prohibition, they did they did expand to other products such as malted milk, which sounds awful, um, <laughs> and cement. So that's pretty cool. Cement yeah, needed cement. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they made they they expanded into cement, which which I've got time for. Like everyone needs cement. Two two things that are easily <laughs> confused. Um, but, but with Malted milk. So <laughs> <laughs> then they made it on the same size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, really. None of the buildings are staying <laughs> up. And you know, <laughs> had a load of workers going, now who, what am I working on today? Malted milk or cement? Said, well, yeah. which, 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 a lot of construction <laughs> workers, you, you suddenly started putting on quite a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. Have you been Why in the cement the again? Licking the wall. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many cats here. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yes, that's well done. Yes, well done. That was good. I see what you did there. So, so yeah. So, so as you see, you know, American company, you know, survived. You know, founded before the age of prohibition, survived prohibition. Uh, although, as Matt alluded to, unfortunately, Adolf did not survive prohibition. Um, so, there's a apparently he committed suicide. So, not to bring it down to uh, you know the fifth of ja- June, nineteen twenty nine. So, apparently, it's because of. Um, you know, what was going on with his company through Prohibition, but there is speculation that he was pushed. So, you know, oh. a bit of corporate conspiracy going on here. Maybe a mystery that hasn't been solved. Um, right, uh, Drabs, do you want to do your Prohibition story? Yes. So, apparently, um, tied in with all of this Prohibition time, as we've all, we've all seen them. Have you guys watched Boardwalk Empire? All about the Prohibition and all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely fantastic series of stuff. But um, apparently the film Smokey and the Bandit was based on based around Cause and the CEO of Cause and him trying to smuggle smuggle Cause across. Smokey and the Bandit, wasn't that um, uh, Big Mustache? Oh, what's his name? Burt uh, Reynolds. Selick. Burt Reynolds, yes. Burt fantastic Reynolds, I'm not gonna mustache. Lie. I'm modelling my inner Burt Reynolds right now. It's, uh... We're all wondering why. <laughs> 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 
Um, but yeah, but apparently, apparently the film is based on the antics of the CEO um, and some stuff that he got up to. There's a there's a fantastic article I believe is on Vineyard that explains the whole thing. I could, I would love to. We could probably do a whole podcast just on the smuggling of Coors beer across. Um, but apparently it was based on the CEO and his efforts to try and get it out out and around in prohibition and opposing smoking and the bandit is based on that and the the smuggling with their fancy cars and big mustaches which love i it. think is pretty cool who doesn't love big cars and, and mustaches well I'll fancy you, cars I'll and big who, mustaches I'll tell you who does a lot of beer lovers yeah there yeah. you go there you go <laughs> go on joe chuck another fact at us another fact so yeah. uh we talked about the mountains they are actually real uh, so the the iconic mountains, the cause uh, cause beer label, are of Wilson Peak in the San Juan Mountains, eleven miles west of Tulare in Colorado. Apparently, it's a very popular skiing resort, and it's featured very heavily in advertising by Jeep. So there you go. There's a couple of things in there about the mountains. Yeah, I've always wanted to know. I've always wanted to hear other people pronounce that the name of that place in Colorado because you want to <laughs> say Telluride, isn't it? No, but it's yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just talking about interesting marketing and stuff like that because you mentioned Jeep and all that sort of stuff. You know, all of the Jeeps have like a secret Easter egg animal hiding on all of their bodywork. I so didn't you, know that. Yeah, so each brand of Jeep will have a different animal, like a plastic mold of an animal hidden somewhere on their on their. Oh, I have a chassis yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite cool. So yeah, there's like YouTube videos and stuff like that of people finding the. The secret animal, but each but each brand of Jeep comes out with a new one, which I think is why, really cool. Why why do they do that? Oh, because of like the like the advertising sort of thing. You think there's enough people, people know. It's like the secret items you get in McDonald's and Starbucks and all that sort of stuff. People are like, ah, oh, I'm then gonna film a load of videos of me searching a Jeep because it's got something cool. It's a really simple thing to do for free advertising all over the world, I reckon. Is that right? And you think and it's just for their like kind of crates bars, people talk about it and stuff. Because yeah. I've heard of similar things in for but for, for for different sort of reasons. So JCB have this habit of whenever they um, unveil a new type of digger or machine, what they'll do is that they'll put like completely redundant like grooves and like chunks take like a put like drilled into it. So that basically if someone tries to like carbon copy it, i.e. cough Chinese companies, that they can tell if they've carbon copied this machine because there'll be things that are complete. Like why would you ever need that? Yeah, completely unnecessary really? to show that you've just stolen their idea. That's really uh, and actually, cool. And that actually happened. My brother-in-law works for, worked for JCB. Um, and he said there was a big story at the time, uh, it must have been about six years ago, where they were at this big trade show and they unveiled, uh, this Chinese company, uh, competitors JCB, unveiled this new digger that was a carbon copy quite literally and they were able to go and show and show the rest Watch of the out. people at the trade show that it was a, a stolen idea, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, like that. That's cool. Yeah, that's a really cool. Give him a bit of kick out the backside for uh, for basically cheating. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone at work that fact tomorrow. I really enjoyed that. And I'm going to tell people about your Jeep one. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, well, prepare yourselves to be blown out of the waters, boys. Because <laughs> at the risk of repeating what I may have said on another episode, but I can't remember because I was probably drunk. Have you ever spotted on the theme of hidden animals? Have you ever spotted the one on Toblerone? Oh, no, no. Yeah. okay. Talk, talking about mountains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Toblerone. <laughs> you guys aren't even ready for this. <laughs> you know, on the Toblerone bar, there's like a picture of the mountains at one end. Yeah. The um, there is a bear. There's a hobbit. There's a bear. 
<laughs> no, but there's a dragon. No, there's a bear <laughs> hidden in that sort of, is it monochromatic? Uh, oh, we're liking mm. chromatic today, aren't oh. we? Um, mm. Image of the mountain. I mean, uh, if you're anything like me, you obviously have four or five uh, bars of Toblerone ready to hand at any given time. <laughs> um, but basically, Toblerone is invented, what well, also was invented, is made in the Swiss canton of, of Valais. And if you have a look closely, in the middle of the um, mountain sort of symbol, there's a bear. And it's one of those things that once you've seen, you can't unsee. Uh, okay. And that's it. Well, well, well that go. is yeah, a yeah. good factoid. Next time, there you, you go. next time you see a, a packet of Toblerone, oh boy, are you in for a treat. Well, <laughs> well, welcome, well, welcome to the podcast of hidden things you can find in... On items you never knew. <laughs> We've got three or four good offshoots now. The one about uh, trains was quite was going to be quite good. Yeah. No, I, I preferred the one about nunneries, like talking about different yeah. nunneries and monasteries yeah. throughout the age. Yeah. yeah. Right. The let's get back to the task. Let's get back to the task at hand. Yeah. Bringing it back a little bit, gentlemen. Um, we know uh, cause is not known as cause these days. They're connected with Molson. Do we know when that happened? 2000s, 2000, I want to say. 2003. 2005. It's a very good answer, but it's not the one we're looking for. Uh, do you know Both. who else they may have uh, combined with? So actually, it's, it's probably worth pointing out that at the time when Molson and Coors became Colson Moors um, in 2005, uh, yeah, I know, that was good, wasn't it? Um, they became the seventh largest brewer by volume. I think okay. everyone knows they're, they're even, even bigger than that now. The second largest second, uh, yeah. uh, brewer in America. So who did they hook up with to uh, create that beer volume um, offspring? Well, I don't know, because you, you only know of Molson Coors as their name. So like, that's only two companies. So there's a third company that they merged with to become the second largest. I'll give you a bit of a clue. Have you been checking your watch? No, no, it's really hard no. to clue that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got an Apple Watch. Yeah, no, so ah, <laughs> oh, it's really convoluted because the other, the company that I'm thinking of, right? There was a, a a campaign for this other beer that was in the US. It was called Miller Time. Oh, so SAB Miller. There you go. Joe's oh. got it. Yeah, that's it. So they merged with SAB Miller. To become the second largest company. That's quite a roundabout way of telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I don't like, you know, why do our stories have to be linear? Let's yeah. <laughs> Molson calls SAB Miller. Um, why don't we go off on a meandering tangent the, about yeah. something else? Anyway, the original American beer power couple, Molson Coors and SAB Miller. So I wonder then why S why um uh, I, I, my my thinking is that why Molson Coors didn't become Molson Coors SAB Miller or something along those lines is because actually SAB Miller in 2007 was like going under, so they were probably shedding off and selling off their businesses. Oh, okay, yeah. So actually, a lot of a lot of the breweries were basically buying up SAB Miller's like holdings and yeah. brands around the yeah. world. So it wasn't. A, that's it all again. Basically, taking them at a, at a you know a good value, basically yeah. you know at a cheaper price because they they weren't like a main competitor at that point. They were like, oh, we're in financial troubles, we're going under. Great, well, I'll get a discount on your uh, on buying your American business, for example. Well, then, well, well, then I read that it makes up for more than thirty percent of the beer sales in America. 
What caused us? Caused us, yeah, or something like that. That's phenomenal. I, something stupid. I thought I Miller, Miller, Miller percent. Oh, okay. I, well, I'm sorry. I was no. You're quite. Uh, you're quite right, Joe. And actually, it brings on to a uh, Joe. You're not Joe. You trappers. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just as good looking. You were um, well with that mustache. I think you've just uh, stepped it up a notch. Uh, however, my, I think the point is that yeah, actually, thirty probably was where they were at before in terms of their. Uh, market share, as I agreed earlier on. Um, however, in more recent times, it's taking a bit of a a step back. Um, so there's been a bit of a change, which I think Joe's going to tell you about a little bit later on. But um, um, I think they have found that they are starting to um, go into a little bit of decline. Um, in fact, recently they even announced that they were going to drop four or five hundred jobs um, and potentially mothball the. Um, Head office in Denver and move to um, sorry it's a, yeah it's a de- uh, it's a it's an office in Denver and actually going to have the headquarters in Chicago now so that might have a bit of an impact on um, yeah. what you sort of know and think of with with Colson Moores with what we were talking about earlier with their um, with the uh, the mountains the Rockies um, but yeah they found that um, they're they're going a little bit um, downhill in terms of the sales which I believe they also push to the popularity of. These are the beverages. Um, so your um, hard seltzers and your kombucha and, and and that sort of thing. Do you, do you, do you guys think? Oh, just 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 as a question in general. Do you guys think we're going to see a decline in these big beer company sales, such as your Budweisers, Fosters, Heineken? Because we, we we've explored a lot of popular beers that are considerably better than these big brands that that are out there. Um, just um, and there's a lot more breweries coming through. It's become a lot, especially in the pandemic time. People have been exploring more with what they drink and everything. But do you do you think we're going to see like with cause a steady decline in these popular beer brands and people not buying them as much? So I think taking a step back, the beer industry as a general has been on a downward trend for for probably about ten years now, mm. like declining sales for about ten years. You know, as you said, there's new uh, new new entrance into the markets you know not just uh, you know we're not talking about like different companies within beer but we're talking about beer as a category as a whole you know consumers are looking for something different they're down downsizing and, and down and, and changing their drinking habits which is why you've got different things like wine spritzers and you know cbd infused drinks coming into the market you know you've got all these different players um when it comes to different companies like, you know the big players are always going to be big players because we're talking about yeah. millions of hectoliters you know and you know we're talking about some of the, the biggest players in the world that's why these mergers are happening you know or have happened over however many years basically the big players get to keep keep large by buying other players so the opportunity area is really for these the the smaller kind of craft of brewers as we call them the new craft brewers is to basically get themselves to be a very reputable size brand and then sell out basically to one of these big players we saw this with camden town in the uk you know yeah. with, with uh, anheuser-busch you know they made a pretty penny doing that um you know, but that, that that's where I think a lot of the beer market is going. You know, it it is declining. But when I'm saying it's declining, it's it's declining by about you know point whatever a percent each year, which is not insignificant because that's you know still a lot of money that's going down the toilet. But it's not like oh my god, beer is going away. 
Beer's leaving yeah. us. You know, we're, we're not going to have these big beer companies anymore. No, no, they're here to stay. It's just it's going to look that the, 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 the landscape is going to look ever so slightly different. You know, over over a period when you're tracking it over like a five yeah. ten year period. Basically, it'd have to be pretty seismic, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Any, any changes? Yeah, beer's finished. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, boys, your podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. Back back to nunneries then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to give you a bit of context, I suppose you know we talked about the hard uh, hard seltzer market and how fast that's grown. Um, you know that was growing. You know that's now. Um, you know that's, that's I know it's worth like billions now. That's still only worth like two percent of the total beer market in total. You know, and that's not insignificant over a couple of years, which has happened. But you know, it's not going to. That's going to plateau. It's not going to be that this is now the new beer. You know, it's not going to be that people only exclusively drink hard seltzers. Like people are going to flip, flip back and forth. There's also that bit of a hardcore, isn't there? That we'll, we'll, we'll see with what I know. Well, it just shows that beer, like most industries, has to continually evolve. That's why we have new innovations in the beer category. We have different breweries doing different beers we have opportunity for new brewers to come in and that's always going to be the case in my opinion it's you know declining beer market has created a much more enjoyable beer experience for us consumers and that's why we have bubblegum beer <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> We're talking about innovations and change. Obviously, Barbara set the stage there that uh, Molson Coors was going through quite a, a rough period or like a declining sales and uh, having the implications of that. But the big implication, I guess, on the on the consumer lifestyle that you'll probably see. So I know of Coors as Coors Light. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, that you know Coors Light as the, as the brand. Yeah. So this brand that you now pick up, Coors, is an intentional change. It changed in 2021. So it's very recent, actually, erasing oh, history. Okay, yeah. Um, in March of 2021. And it's a multi-million pound investment in the UK specifically. So it's still yet to kind of really impact the US, but it will happen in the US at some point. But Coors Light is a, a 30% of the beer market. So it's going to take time uh, before they change it. Um, and really, it's to try and, you know, kind of, drive that ongoing growth in the premium 4% beer category, which if I'm quite honest, premium 4% beer category sounds like a juxtaposition. Doesn't quite make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of the other premium beers are, for, well, the ones that have styled themselves as uh, premium beers are 4%, are they? I say not many. Any. <laughs> That's what I probably mean by that. <laughs> So it's funny. It's funny that you guys mentioned that about. Um, kind of, I think well, this will nicely lead us on to talk about the taste. But they've been saying that actually the rebrand, the reason why they've done it, isn't because they're declining so much in the UK. It's because they're actually growing in popularity in the UK. So they are. Oh, they are the leaders in the UK for this premium four percent beer category. So more people drink Coors now than any other four percent lager, basically. I did not really. Know that. I thought. I it's don't just, get out much though. So. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't think it's a great beer. Like I, 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 there are other beers at this level and around this level that I much prefer, and I don't think it brings anything special to the table. Not in its flavour. I quite like the marketing they do. I think that's cool with the can, and I can't take that away from them. And I quite like the name. Cause cause is a cool name. But the taste just doesn't do anything for me. It just tastes watery. There's no 
pizzazz. How do you rate it on uh, against the other premium 4% beers then? So if you're thinking premium 4%, what we talk about, we're talking about Foster's, uh, Anheuser-Busch, <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> like, if you could see my facial expression, that would probably describe it. Like, I just... Let's map it out. What do we got? We've got okay. Coors in this category. Yeah. You've got Foster's. You've got yeah. Budweiser. Yeah. I would prefer... So Budweiser would be my number one. Okay. If I was going to do it. Then Foster's, but that's probably tied into more memories of one drinking nostalgia. Foster's when I was younger and a bit more nostalgia. And the just cause is just like just drinking. I've drunk two cans whilst recording this episode. And just to the, give it like, a proper review. Just, yeah. I had to really give it a review. And it's just, it's just not doing anything for me. There's not, I'm not going, cool. I really want a cause. I was just going to say, I just, just didn't. <clears throat> Those names we mentioned, I've not, not heard of them. I think I just didn't didn't think of them as as, as premium necessarily. Again, I don't. Yeah, I don't. That would be. <laughs> I don't really know what my affiliation uh, is is to Budweiser that makes me go like like Dravers. I think I I think I like the taste of, of Budweiser. I quite I quite like that. But um, equally, it's making me think if everyone is calling themselves premium. I'm going to start my own beer and just call it crap beer. (laughs) Bang average beer. Bow. That's what it's going to be called. And then just just under promise and over deliver. Everyone's going to be like, well, I'm I'm going to try a bang average beer. And then they're going to go, I would even describe it as good. (laughs) No matter what it tastes of. And they're just going to go, oh, it was called bang average. I thought it was going to be rubbish. Whereas actually now I've tasted it. Well, I think I'd have another one, in fact. There you go. I need to patent that. That's happening. Do it. It's a real re- reverse psychology. Yeah. Under yeah. promise, over deliver. You might enjoy it. it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Um, so last thing, I mean, for me, I guess, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't too surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that much that Coors is on that list of those premium 4% beers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that it's very popular in the UK, I think is very much driven because of the marketing spend and push that they're doing. Um, you know, the reason that Coors has got so big in the UK, uh, there's been a response by AB and Bev. They, re- they released Bud Light, which never existed. In uh, in the in the UK, they released that probably yeah. about four or five years ago. So that was because Coors was getting traction in the UK. They were like, right, we need a new product to come in, mm. and they put loads of spend behind it. It was all about sports, as they own in the US. They own sports in the US as a positioning for Bud Light and the UK. It just didn't really take because we have our football beer, which is Carling. We've done Carling. Rugby is Guinness and a couple of different other ales, stout-type drinks, uh, and cricket, it's whatever you can get your hands on. So, you know, really, it's, uh, you know, it, th- th- I think when you're thinking in that category, actually, Bud Light kind of missed the mark in that sense. Yeah. And so what's left? Well, it's the second largest beer company in the world. It's Coors. And, you know, it's a solid 4% beer. It is better than Foster's, in my personal opinion. I, although I have the nostalgia with Foster's, it's not a good nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'm quite happy to have a new entrance in the 4% premium market, which is cause. Yes. I can also, in my mind's eye, I can see lots of cans of cause lights in when a fridge is not available. A big plastic bucket full of ice that's eventually turned to water, and and all the other stuff that's been put in there has gone. <laughs> but there'll always be a cause at the bottom. 
<laughs> that 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 should be their new slogan. There'll always be a cause and at the actually, bottom. Yeah, the the advert is a bloke <laughs> reaching in. He's getting his hands sopping wet because he's just reached into a bucket yeah. of water. He pulls out a Foster's, pulls out a cause, looks at <laughs> looks at the camera, and kind of just puts the Foster's back and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should pitch it to them. I think that might resonate with a lot of people. <laughs> Cause better than Foster's. <laughs> take it, take it. Win's a win. You can only play no, the team in front it's of not, you. It can't be better than Foster's. It'd be not as bad as Foster's. <laughs> yeah. Or Cause, the last drink always left at the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, if they don't do that, bang average beer or bab or uh, coming soon, coming, <laughs> coming soon, bab light. Um, I'm taking that basically. Bab light. <laughs> bab. All right. Well, that's uh, been cause. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and that's all we have time for this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so, from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>